0: This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches so the best way to stay up to date with all of this fun this excitement and especially the most exciting part of the season the second half gunning towards playoffs you're going to want to download the odyssey app search pucks and bolts hit the auto download button and have all of those brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you share it with friends family and other hockey fans of course guys i am your host casey hudson and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode of pucks and bolts now Last time we talked, we were breaking down the guys heading on a road trip. We had a great guest on and Bobby the Chief Taylor. Weekend, we will get into that momentarily, but knowing that the trade deadline is coming up on March 3rd, we were all waiting and holding our breath for some movement. And fans, may I remind you, a lot of you tweeted on Twitter, hey, I'm ready for a surprise. I'm ready to see what Julian Briswell is going to do, what he's going to bring to the team. What's the magician move of this season? Well, at about 1043 on Sunday night, and I know that time so specifically because I was in the middle of raging at a concert with my mom. Yes, I went to a rock concert with my mom, and she outpartied me by a long shot, but it was a fantastic journey. And we are in the middle of, of listening to the band, and of course, the notification comes through for media that uh, the Lightning have acquired Tanner Janelle and got, well, in the trade mix of all of it. CalFoot is heading to Nashville with a lot of draft picks. Uh, it took a second to get that news out, and then immediately I had to step aside and pull up some information on Tanner. We get a media rundown on him as well. And the first reaction that I saw from fans all around was that they felt like we gave up way too much. It was a It was a steep offer. Now, while I do not disagree with the – you know, the amount of giveaways and the position that it could put the organization in when you're thinking big picture and long run. It's the fact that a couple days ago, leading up to this moment, we all wanted to be surprised. And I think that Julian Bruce did that. He surprised everyone. And we know that he doesn't make a decision without being calculated about it. He had a press conference yesterday where he said, look, I acknowledge that this is a big move. I acknowledge that we gave up a lot in this, but I'm also confident as to why we did this. You have to make big moves, take big risks to win big rewards. Cliche. Yeah, true. Absolutely. He's been able to back up moves like this for a very long time. And as we all know, saying that we trust him, watching him do something that's what will well, magical, but also very surprising is what we, what we wanted. So I say you can trust Julian why I say you can trust this trade, and I say I like the fit of Tanner Juneau joining the Tampa Bay Lightning. A couple of reasons why. First of all, he's a 6'2", 200-pound guy coming to join a team that stepped up their physicality level over the last two years. The Tampa Bay Lightning has always been known to be skillful uh, pretty quick, but the physical element has always resided on about one or two players. This season as a whole, If you think physical, the one, maybe two guys that come to mind, first and foremost, is going to be Pat Maroon. Next is Nick Paul. Well, now you have a 6'2", 208-pound guy who, wait for it, racked up 130 minutes in penalties last season, 130, and led the NHL in hits. He's only been in the NHL for two years, now going on three. He's currently in his third season. So when you think about the physical element, that you know brings to the ice that's going to help this team that we know is very skilled and has the ability to shoot now when we first got into the conversation on twitter with some of you bolts fans about uh the team acquiring tanner you what he brings to the team is it all about the physical element a lot of you fans were upset to the fact that it was a steep situation giving away all those draft picks but we didn't bring in a score i have to disagree not He's not Braden Point. He's not Nikita Kucherov. He's not this like superior skilled guy, but he's very skilled in a way that could be emphasized in this structure with this team. Uh, Tanner Jano had 24 goals, 41 points. And again, the 130 minutes last season. So when you're thinking about the Nashville Predators and what they did and how well they were able to compete last year compared to this season, it wasn't a downfall for Jano in terms of the fact that he only has five goals right now. It's a system thing. It's a structure thing. Predators have been struggling all season long, especially when it comes to their defense. What's one thing we know in hockey, if your defense isn't playing well, you're not freeing up your offensive players to score. You're forcing them to play a two-way game or to play more defensively just so that you can keep the opponent off the scoreboard. Now, luckily, they have a pretty good goalie, but still, I think that where the Predators are this season speaks more to statistics so far Versus, you know, as a player and what he can and cannot do. I think last year should be more of the focus statistically, and I think he is in the perfect system to replicate that, build off of that, or grow within that element. So all that to say, I'm on board with the move. I don't disagree that it was steep, but I do trust Julian as well. I do trust the moves that he makes and where this organization is so great in many ways. But one thing that you always have to love and respect about is that the coaches. Every single coach, every single executive, they're all on the same page with these movements and in agreements and you can see it today. Um, Taryn Genoa is here in Tampa Bay. I headed over to Morning Skate to get a first look at the guy, and the energy and everything was so high. Not just because the guys are back on home ice. As I mentioned earlier in the segment here on Pucks and Bolts, we'll get into what went down this weekend. But after coming off of a bit of a ridiculous weekend road trip, you typically see an intensity to this team, not any kind of like low energy or um, no frustration, but you just see an intensity and you just saw guys on the ice that were happy to be there after practice wrapped up. I would say more than half the team stayed on the ice, working on shots, just, you know, engaging with Tanner. So there was, there was a a presence in the in, in the building. There was a presence at the arena that really showed confidence, not only in this move, but now in these guys gelling together to take the next step as a team. So I was excited to see that when I first got over to Morning Skate to check out the new Tampa Bay Lightning player and, you know, skates very well. Another thing that has been listed as an asset for Tanner Janot is the fact that he is a very fast skater and someone else that could be sneaky fast in the right moments. And I think Janot is even faster than him. And the player that I would compare him most to in this moment is Nick Paul. Now, when the trade was made, After looking through Tanner's stats, after looking at his style of play, looking at his statistics and everything, the first thing that came to mind was I cannot wait to see him and Nick Paul, or I hope we get to see him and Nick Paul play on a line together. And I had a fan tweet out to me, look, he's not a scorer, what do we do with this? And I'm like, for instance, Nick Paul was not a big scorer beforehand. He had a career high of 16 goals in a season and surpassed that before the road trip, with now sitting at 17 goals. Last season, he came to the Tampa Bay Lightning, picked up five goals, and so it's the system, it's the structure, it's the team, it's the coaching, it's Coach Cooper and his ability to see where these guys can excel and how that help guys become scorers or at least get the pucks to their to their teammates or their line mates to create an offense to create scoring opportunities. I see so many similarities between him and Nick Paul and that's the other reason that I'm very excited about this trade because you're talking about another big forward you're talking about a guy who's not afraid to be physical but also is very fast also is very skilled and may I mention that he also is different when it comes to creating his scoring chances. Bolts fans, we have talked at nauseam about the fact that sometimes when the Tampa Bay Lightning are trying to get a momentum swing, they overpass the puck. It's frustrating. Everyone kept talking last week and tweeting, hey, I can hear a fellas saying, shoot the freaking puck. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Nick Paul admitted that he was even holding a stick a little tight as of late. We're talking about a guy who's not that overpasser. He doesn't overthink the shooting opportunity. He takes the opportunity. And when you do that, you're going to create scoring chances, especially in this system. That's the first thing I love about him picking up more goals. The next thing I'll say is that he does very well at taking away the goalie's eyes and creating traffic in front of the net. Most of our scorers, besides Braden Point and the magic that he does, because he's freaking Braden Point, they have to overanalyze their sweet spot to get that shot on. And they're typically feet away from the goal. We don't have too many guys that take away the eyes of the goalie and jam up the net. The main guy that does that is Corey Perry. And that's why Corey Perry has been getting on a hot streak as of late. So now thinking that there's a guy that's even faster and physical, and he knows how to take away the eyes of the goalie. He creates different scoring chances and is not afraid to shoot the puck. You have to be excited to see what he's going to do on the ice with a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey on. So that's my spiel and my thoughts, obviously, about the trade. Um, I think we all kind of knew Calfoot was getting ready to head out. With each team, you have a development time period. I think that he developed as much as he could with the Lightning. The guys all posted on their stories how much they're going to miss him. Um, you know, maybe not the biggest talker, but he had such a presence in that locker room still, and he grew so much with this organization. So obviously, best of luck to Calfoot as he heads – to the Nashville Predators, and, you know, hopefully he kills it over there. Everything can change in an instant with different coaching and a different style of hockey. All that to say, here is Tanner Janot talking about what he brings to a team. So if I didn't convince you, let Tanner convince you of why you should be excited about him tori- joining the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Yeah, just play my game. play, Do what I'm good at. Um, you know, for me as a player, if I was describing myself, I'd like to say that I'm Hard guy to play against, um, heavy, on the walls. win puck battles, physical, good at the net front. And, uh, yeah, like, that's the biggest thing. I just compete and work as hard as I can, do everything I can to help the team win.
0: As I mentioned, a guy who can add pressure, pressure the net, jam up, take away the goalie's eyes. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great matchup, and we already got some insight on where he'll be and Bolts fans. They're going to be playing one of the most physical teams in the NHL tonight at Amelie Arena. Not only is it a rivalry, but the penalties, the penalty minutes, and the fights always rack up when the Tampa Bay Lightning face off with the Florida Panthers. Now, I obviously got a chance to talk with Coach Cooper and Tanner Janot after Morning Skate, and the first question that I had for Coach Cooper was, knowing that a guy like this can pick up 24 goals in a season, knowing that he can be a scorer, how does, that, how, how does that make you guys more confident in his ability to be complementary to you guys' system? And here is Coach Cooper on Tanner Juno being a 24-goal guy versus a 5-goal guy.
1: You know, to put up 24 goals in this league, is, is, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. And um, <clears throat> he, But I, are we sitting here saying you have to put up 24 goals? You're, we're not at all. Uh, we're, want him, we want him to come in here and be a part of our team and help us win. And, and uh, you know, is he a 24 goal guy? Who knows? We'd love for that to happen, but I definitely don't think he's a five goal guy um, player. So, um, it, but there were so many more things we got. We acquired him for, aside from having the ability to score goals, and so uh, we think it's a little bit of an aberration that he's down this year. Uh, Like I said, we're uh, ecstatic that we have him.
0: Basically, at this point of the season, you're not looking for him to come in and put up 20 goals. And it's not only about scoring those goals. When you have someone that can dish out the puck and get it to the guys that can get the puck in the net, that's still just as helpful. And that's basically where, even though we saw Nick Paul come in and score, it was the fact that he was a monster at getting the puck. He stayed on top of it. He was able to to create those takeaways level up on the forward checking, and consistently get the puck back to his line mates and, you know, make their offensive zone possession time extraordinary. That's how they were constantly able to tilt the ice and completely overwhelm Toronto and some of the most exciting playoff hockey we have seen. Now, you heard Coach Cooper, you heard what Jano brings to the team, but here is Tanner Jano talking about being a 24-goal guy versus a 5-goal guy and finding some puck luck this season with the Bolts
1: cooper said he thinks you're more of the 24 goal guy than the five guy i mean how do you how would you kind of explain this season with the production and just kind of you know what do you think you're you're closer to on, on those extremes i guess yeah well i i like to contribute when i can um you know i i get to the net and uh, i get opportunities it's not like the opportunities haven't been there i haven't uh been getting very many bounces this year, it seems like. But, uh, I, you know, I, I try not to think about it. And I just try to work for the opportunities. And if those are coming, I mean, the puck's going to go in eventually. So um, I don't try to change my game at all. If, uh, if it's not coming, I know what I do good and uh, what brings those opportunities. So I'm just going to continue to do the same thing. And I know that the puck luck's going to come. And uh, just keep working to get better every day.
0: Kind of a hockey answer, but it tells you enough. He's here, he's ready to work, and I think that he has not only the character, which this is a character organization, but he has the character, he has the will, the work ethic, and all the capabilities to be a contributing factor on the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. So it all goes down tonight. He makes his debut with the Bolts versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, Again, if I haven't made my case as to liking this guy, then you're just going to have to tune in tonight. And I'll tell you this, Coach Cooper, if you didn't gauge it from some of the press conferences that we just showed you guys, Coach Cooper says it takes about 10 games for a guy to really get in his stride with a team. So don't expect a complete go off. He doesn't have to be like some of the other guys on the trade deadline. First night debut with a team, getting goals on the net. Give him a minute. Just understand that there's a value there. Now, something else to look forward to tonight before we barely go over what went down this weekend, because it was frustrating and disappointing, even though there was a win in the mix. Um, the excitement about tonight is the fact that, as soon as I looked into Tanner Juneau and what he could potentially bring to this team, the first comparison I thought of was Nick Paul. Not saying that they're similar people, but saying that they can feed off of each other, and there are strong similarities between them that you can't help but be enthusiastic about. Everyone loves Nick Paul, does it all, but just imagine basically two Nick Pauls on the ice. So I was hoping that him and Paul would be on the same line the good news is Bolts fans Nick Paul and Tanner Genova will be on the same line as of right now in the mornings from or the lines from Morning Skate, excuse me. They have Genova at left wing which we knew that he played over with the Predators. You've got Nick Paul at center which I love when Nick Paul is at center. He's so intelligent. I've talked to him so much about um the vision, the mentality, what it takes to be a really good center and just the answers that he gives tells you that he is a perfect conductor and leader and that position and then you got Ross Colton over at the red the red wing right wing which means Pat Maroon is back on uh, the school bus line so you got Pat Perry and Belmar back on the same line together and now you have this dynamic third line Ross Colton's game has gone to another level we've talked about that so much here on pucks and bolts Nick Paul is starting to not hold his stick so tightly Finally, shooting the puck and not overthinking it. But we saw what he was doing in the beginning of the season. You can't look away from that. So you've got two guys, very physical, very skilled, starting to find that sweet spot in their game at the right time of the season. And now you're bringing in Tanner Janon on the same line. The other thing that makes this impossible to not be excited about is ever since that third line that so wonderfully got pieced together years ago, contributing to the Bolts, holding up that Stanley Cup at the end of the bubble, it was Coleman. Goodrow and Yanni Gord. And what was the most talked about thing when it came to these three guys in that third line, the best four checking line in the league. Now we know what Brandon Hagel brings to the team. We know what Anthony Sorelli brings to the team. They might not be that overwhelming four checking line, but they're going to be that line that can really contain any sort of uh, specialty line or another team's first and second line. And I really, really feel strongly about the fact that it's going to be these three guys. So I'm excited to see the new third line. Are we going to get the revival of the guys that were so feared a couple years ago? You're not expecting them to be like Goodrow and Coleman and Yanni Gord, but you're expecting them to have the same presence to a certain degree. So that was one of the first line changes that we had to get into. And then Cooper did what he always does. He threw it all in the blender. So that first line is not the same. Second line is not the same. Third line. And then the school bus line is reunited. So the lines from Morning Skate that you would think to see again versus the Florida Panthers tonight. Top line, Alex Kalorn, Brayden Point, Nikita Kucherov. I'm excited to see Alex on that top line. We know that he's played with all of the top guys on this team. He has chemistry with them. He knows how to feed them the puck. He was starting to have a moment where his game was stepping to another level, and then things got a little silenced. But I think that's just because of the nature of what's been happening on the road trips. Road trips have not really been a big, a, a more impactful or successful place for the Bolts this season. Why that is, nobody has any clue. If they're extended road trips, we know that the fatigue just happens to kick in. But uh, again, this weekend is is really not an excuse for what's been going on. That second line, Hagel, Sorelli, and Stamkos. Now, we know that they put Hagel and Sorelli together. Again, two guys that can really isolate, contain, manage a line that either has a lot of speed or skill. Matthew Kuchuk put up an embarrassing performance on this team right after All-Star weekend, so you can only picture that Hagel and Sorelli are probably going to be the two guys to help contain him and alleviate him from getting too crazy this night. Third line is, like I said, know, Paul and Colton, and then the school bus line, Maru Maroon Bellamar and Perry. So those are the lines that you should be looking for tonight. And then I'm thinking it's going to be Andre Vasilevsky back between the pipes um, as we start gunning closer towards playoffs. They don't really alleviate him too much and put Elliott in the mix. This is where he really gets his reps, and we start to see what playoff, what you know, what playoff caliber are we going to see out of Vasilevsky? Heck of a performance this past weekend. Had on the quick road trip, two games. We talked about it with Bobby the Chief Taylor. He mentioned the fact that the Red Wings are a solid team. They have Newsy, who's the former assistant coach here with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He knows these players. He knows Coach Cooper. He knows the structure. And he has done well at really using that against these guys and piecing together a strong Red Wings team. Um, the Bolts were 0-2 versus the Red Wings. So the only positive that's going to come out of this entire spiel is the fact that the Lightning finally beat the Red Wings this weekend 3-0. to But that was not because they were playing great hockey it's because vasileski had an amazing game he fought for the shutout that he deserved multiple times this season so at least he got the job done the only scary part with that is that the way the defense played in front of him but they were without eric turnak after he got suspended for elbowing on thursday's game so you were hoping to just kind of see this complete revamp from a team that we know knows how to bounce back and just switch gears very quickly They head over to Pittsburgh, lose to the Penguins, who put up seven goals on them. And I think that's probably plenty to say about that situation. Wasn't a great night overall for the guys whatsoever. They didn't have that quick turnaround. They didn't have that quick mental change. And so they come home one and one from this road trip and get ready to face off with the rivalry competition tonight. As I've mentioned previously, the Florida Panthers are storming into Tampa Bay to try to do what they did after All-Star Weekend, put up another embarrassing W, but I'm hoping and thinking that the energy from morning skate translates to the ice tonight and that these guys are able to pull off not just a win, but a, a great win, a good win, something that's going to finally put that confidence back in their step so that they can kind of make a run here. I want to see a 3-4 game streak out of these guys. So hopefully that's what will come after tonight. You guys know the deal. Matthew Kachuk been on a tear since coming back from All-Star Weekend. Um, Spencer Knight is in the NHL program, but just two seconds on that. Anybody that has the courage to get help in any capacity, aspect, or level of their life deserves more credit than any other conversation. So we are sending prayers and we are sending everything that Spencer Knight needs to manage, handle, and conquer confidently the NHL program for whatever it is that he needs, but he is no longer With the Panthers, as of right now, he is out indefinitely, which leaves us to believe that Bobowski is going to be between the pipes. We know him, 0.909 save percentage. He can put up a good fight. He can help these guys, or he can force these guys to not land too many goals. So if there's a perfect game to have in such a timely fashion, you got this new trade. These guys need to pull off a great win, not a good win, a great win, close to 60 minutes of hockey, then you know, you can you can really gauge your game versus the Florida Panthers. They haven't been the most consistent team in the league, but no matter what's taking place in the NHL, you can always count on a good game between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. So let's see where Tanner to lands. Let's see what's going to come of this third line. Typically the reunion of the school bus line is good news. Corey Perry's been on a tear out as of late. Pat Maroon helps with consistently getting the puck to his players and being that muscle out there. But I think he still has so much to offer this team on whatever line that he's on. And then those top two lines, Alex Cologne on that top line, Hagel and Sorelli reunited. And these were the two guys that helped uh, contain and, and contribute to that shutout versus the Colorado Avalanche before the road trip a couple weeks ago. So a lot to look forward to and maybe just maybe one more trade. There has been some whisperings if the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to make any more moves before March 3rd. Now, of course, a few people have discussed the fact that there still should be a move made for defensive men or defensemen. My one theory before I close out with some news is that picking up a guy like, you know, who has a great two-way ability to his game, he can score, guys. He has a huge physical way to his game. He's going to be on on special teams immediately. Help level up this this penalty penalty kill unit that already does so well hopefully to the point where we're not allowing any more short-handed goals this season and for years to come because that's just been insane but having a guy with those particular skill sets you don't need a flashy defenseman they need a true stay-at-home defenseman somebody very similar to ryan mcdonough that can come at a cheap price and when you're looking at a, a, a real stay-at-home defenseman you don't have to go out of pocket crazy money for him Think about how Savard contributed to this team. Think about what Luke Shin has brought to this team, a name that has been also circulated a lot to potentially come back to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Luke Shin has never been that that much of an expensive player to maintain. So I wouldn't rule out the bolts for making one more movement. I know after all the giveaways, how could they potentially do that? It's because of the of the of the multi-year deals that they could do across different um different organizations also let's not forget there's a couple guys that they had where they ate up their ir costs so there's money kind of sitting there in a weird way that they can move around and make some moves happen i wouldn't be surprised if they just find a very nice simple strong defenseman to hang back there now that they've got so many offensive defensemen on this team and before we go the east has been stacking heavy Not only stacking heavy, but they're almost making it look like the West doesn't even have a chance to compete when it comes to playoffs and this Stanley Cup run coming up. My producer tells me that the Rangers have officially acquired Patrick Kane. And uh, the New York Rangers send a conditional second round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick. The second rounder turns into a first round pick in 2024 or 2025 if the New York Rangers make conference finals. So uh, if the East wasn't already getting scary, that's scary. If Patrick Kane brings that heat that he's been generating over in Chicago for the last month and a half to the New York Rangers, it's going to be a hell of a playoff run that everybody is getting ready to make here. We can already kind of tell what teams won't get too deep into it. But um, as for the moves that Toronto made, I know Bolts fans, you're like, look, the Maple Leaves are going to Maple Leaf. Do I believe that to an extent? Sure. Do I think that they're trying to pick up defensively so that when they put up a large amount of goals on a team, they don't give up leads and end up failing every time or choking, as we as we like to say? Absolutely. I think they're making the right moves to do that. But aside from the Maple Leafs, you know, I'm not even going to say the Islanders. I had a little bit more hope in them a couple weeks ago. Now it's just, you know, they're going to defeat themselves. But the New York Rangers, between Tarasenko and, and every other dominant guy they have on that team, If they pick up a defensive piece or if their defense just tends to come together a bit tighter, and now you have a guy like Patrick Kane on the roster, that's going to make for a very interesting matchup. And luckily, the next time we play the Rangers in New York City, I will actually be at that game. So we'll have some coverage from the Garden. We'll figure out what that looks like once Patrick Kane gets into New York City and gets all situated. As for now, East is ramping up. The teams are getting good when it counts the most and we are that much closer to playoffs and uh, hopefully a big playoff run for the Tampa Bay Lightning to keep up to date with all of this information. The next potential trade deadline or just the good news of how well the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing after they acquired Tanner Genoa duh. download. The odyssey app search pucks and bolts hit the auto download button and have all of these brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you now that we are in that second chunk of the season we'll have that much more information sit downs with players and uh hopefully some more in-depth conversation of what to expect here and again good feelings about where this team is heading in the right direction and how well they'll pick up at the end here as for now guys i'm casey hudson and thank you for joining me for another episode of pucks and bolts 2400 sports is an odyssey company